Hello and welcome to the Racing with Rob and Roller podcast. At long last, we had a packed weekend of racing with Formula One, NASCAR, and IndyCar all in action. In Formula One, changing weather conditions in Zonvoort made for an engaging and enjoyable watching experience. Meanwhile, over here in the States, NASCAR had some big wrecks at Daytona, but otherwise had a clean weekend. IndyCar used alternate tires on an oval for the first time in series history. How did it do? We'll talk about all of that and more on today's episode. But first, we want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at RobinRoller, at Roller underscore zero one, at RPeters33. Make sure you follow us. We're also on Threads. Make sure you follow us there. Let's go ahead and jump right in to Rob's Racing Report, because I'm Rob. Josh is in Charlotte. I'm in Indianapolis. We're going to talk about the news of the week. But let's go ahead and jump right on in it. We'll start off with some Formula E news. The E, not Formula One, like normal. We'll start off with the electric formula. McLaren has confirmed that Sam Bird will replace Rene Rast at the team in 2024. So there will be a new... Um, driver at McLaren, and it will be Sam Bird. So we'll see how that partnership goes. Probably will, uh, I would hope, be pretty successful. Um, in Formula One, Haas F1 team will retain Nico Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnussen for the 2024 season. And also this weekend at Zandvoort, Daniel Ricciardo broke his hand in a practice crash, and Alpha Tauri reserve driver Liam Lawson replaced him uh, the rest of the weekend, and was also re- uh, reported earlier on Monday that uh, Lawson will compete this weekend at the Italian Grand Prix as well in relief of Ricardo, who will still be healing. So I guess Liam Lawson is will indeed be uh, continuing to pilot that car uh, all the way through. So kind of crazy that the car has now had three different drivers in yeah. 2023. <laughs> what is this, 2002, man? What's going on? Yeah, this is not something that happens very often anymore, but it's happening, so it is what it is. Uh, Anyway, we'll move on here to some SRX news, because this was pretty big uh, news, uh, talking points as well. And we'll talk about this more uh, later in the show, but Adam Stern reports that SRX is in talks to host a race in the Middle East as soon as next year. So we'll talk about that more later in the show. Keep your opinions, keep your opinions locked and loaded. Because when we get to upshift downshift, I'll want, we'll want to know how everybody shifts on that. So uh, now let's move into some IndyCar news. Team Penske and AJ Foyt Racing have formed a new technical alliance. The alliance will expand in the coming years, and we'll see Penske place younger crew and engineering staff within the Foyt team to gain IndyCar experience. Also, some of Penske's Force Indy drivers are that are ready, ready to graduate from NXT. The Foyt team will be ready and capable of running a dr- driver development uh series or excuse me a development driver on Penske's behalf uh in IndyCar so some news about that we'll also talk about this here later on the show so stay tuned for that uh Scott Dixon uh not only did he win this weekend at uh Gateway but he also got to test the new hybrid engine this week Marshall Pruitt had an interesting story about it on Racer in which he kind of showed what it sounds like uh doesn't really sound all that different no it doesn't no, it's it's basically the same. I I honestly expected to, you know, perhaps hear more of a whir from the electric motor, you know, especially at the very least on startup, 
or upon, you know, when the car exits the pits or, you know, off the air jack, finishes pit stop. Didn't really seem to hear it. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll see how that, that development co- goes. Uh, still looking forward to it. Uh, more talking about that in, in Scott Dixon wanting more driver input with the, the, the hybrid uh, as well. Uh, so he's kind of been championing, championing that as well. Um, and then some of the big silly season news here. We talked about when the silly season dominoes would drop, and I, 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 we said it all the way back several months. I said, as soon as we know what's going to go on with Alex Pillow, then all of the dominoes are going to start dropping, and sure enough, they are, because now that we know what's going on with Alex Pillow, now that we know he's going to stay at Ganassi and McLaren is suing him as a result, uh, Andretti Autosport has confirmed that Marcus Erickson will join the team in 2024, so that means that either Ganassi shuts down the fourth car, and moves uh, someone into the eight, or he hires two new drivers. I have no idea what they'll do, and uh, we'll see. We'll have to see. We could also talk about it later on in the show, but uh, we'll get to some of the more, uh, I guess, upsetting news of of the IndyCar thing. Uh, I guess not if you're a Tom Blomquist fan, uh, but if you're a fan of Simon Pagino, uh, he will not contest the remainder of the season. Tom Blomquist will finish out the 2023 season in the number 60 for Meyer Shank Racing in place of Simon Pagano. So in all honesty, if you want my personal opinion, I am very sad that uh, we will not see Pagano and Castroneves race as teammates until, again, until next year's Indy 500. If, if MSR even re-signs Pagano after this, I hope that they do, uh, but it, it would just be a sad end, a sad end, uh, if that didn't happen, so, um, still, still hoping that Simon recovers and gets better, but, uh, for the time being, Tom Blomquist is, is gonna be in that car, uh, before taking over the 06 next year, I guess, or the 60, I don't know. Uh, and last piece of IndyCar news here, Yuri Vips, you remember him? Uh, if you don't, it's okay, uh, but if you do, you probably remember the last time you heard of him, which is, you know, when he got fired for pulling a Kyle Larson, uh, without doing any of the Kyle Larson things to make up for it, he's gonna pilot the number 30 Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing Honda for the final two rounds of 2023, uh, that is, so he's gonna be making, I believe that is his first Opal Wheel start, I, I might be wrong on this, but I believe that's his first Opal Wheel start since, uh, the finale of F2 last year. Um, so definitely will be interesting to see how he did in that. I mean, regardless of, of, of what you think about him in, in the wake of that, that whole thing, I mean, he's still a fast driver, so it'll be interesting to see how he stacks up, how he does in his first couple of IndyCar starts, you know, where he, where he compares. Um, you know, I think, he, I think he's still a good driver. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, looking at things about as objectively as possible he's a good driver uh that's about what i could say about him so uh so we'll just see we'll see how it goes uh, and now we'll move on into uh some nascar news because this first piece of nascar news is very interesting if you've ever watched these types of cars the mazda mx5 cup cars competed at a test at martinsville speedway which was deemed successful opening up the door for future NASCAR support race possibilities. Now, if you've never seen an MX-5 Cup race, 
Uh, I highly recommend you do it. In fact, the most recent race this weekend, I believe, had some crazy five-wide finish again. This is a thing that just happens in these in these cars. Uh, and Matt Weaver posted some video. Uh, Dale Jr., I guess, tested one of them. Yeah. Uh, overall, just wow. I this if if you have a chance to go to Martinsville, that that might be a little bit of a hotter ticket than the Cup race. It's personally. gonna end. that would be very interesting. Well, I mean, um, look, the Cup race is probably not gonna be that great given how the next gen car races on short tracks. But MX5 cars will always, no matter what, no matter where, put on a banger of a race. So if you want my opinion, I'm trying to get as many... I'm, I'm, I'd rather go see a, 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 the support races than the big show, especially if you're adding that onto the, onto the menu. I definitely think this is an opportunity that they're looking at to add more track time for fans and uh, track promoters. And Which I'm all is for weird that because you could just give us more practice, like we want. But oh well, you could. Um, I would love to see this right. The, oh, the uh, ever all the short tracks. If there's well, short tracks, yeah. if they're successful, do it. I go for it. I'm all for it. Hey, hey, I'm I'm all good with it. With uh, um, a Mazda truck double header on a Friday night. At Martinsville, I think yeah. it'd be cool. Okay, now that. we're talking. Now we're talking. MX5 Cup, then truck race. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. All right. Uh, let's go into the next piece of NASCAR news here. Uh, this was uh, reported by Adam Stern, but it was actually in an article by uh, Bloomberg, which was interesting. I don't usually see them report many things on that have to do with NASCAR, but... Uh, what they did report was that Amazon and Warner Brothers are competing to be the third broadcaster of the NASCAR Cup Series in 2025. So it's based upon that article. It does seem very much like uh, Fox and NBC will be back at the very least broadcasting the Cup Series. We know that they're going to be broadcasting the Cup Series. We know that neither of them will be broadcasting the Xfinity Series. But I guess NASCAR would like to do a summer series again. A similar a summer series like they did with uh, TNT all those years ago. That's basically what we do know. Uh, that's what NASCAR is interested in, and they're the two uh, bidders right now are Warner Brothers, which now owns TNT, TBS, all that, uh, Cartoon Network, and and now apparently Discovery Channel and TLC and all whatever, uh, and CNN now, which is still weird to me. Why? 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 Why, like, Discovery Channel and CNN are now owned by the same company? It bothers me, Josh. It bothers me. It doesn't make sense. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me that Viacom and this team are going to merge, and then Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network are going to be owned by the same company. Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen, please. Anyway. I'll do my best. Uh, uh, besides that, uh, yeah, basically, so I, from what I understand, you know, the door's open there. I don't know if NASCAR races would be on TNT. Sure would be kind of interesting to see if they were on TNT, what what that would look like uh because I know that the 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 heads there at Warner Brothers are finally realizing that they need live sports on on Max or whatever to survive in this streaming economy. So they're finally getting around to doing that, but they won't do the most basic thing that Peacock does. 
and just put the AEW pay-per-views on there. That's all I want. I don't want to have to buy them on Bleacher Report Live. I don't want to have to do that. You just do like what Peacock does where you can watch the WrestleMania. You can watch two days of WrestleMania as long as you're paying for Peacock. If I'm paying for Max and you're airing three freaking AEW shows, I want to see the pay-per-views on Max. That is my wrestling rant. Anyway, moving on, uh, because that'll be interesting to see how that, that develops. Always interesting to see about... Uh, the media rights deals and how they get cut. Um, but hey, Trevor Bain is back. He made his first three, first of three starts for Joe Gibbs Racing uh, at Daytona in the number 19. Uh, he will also run the race at Bristol and Texas. So Trevor Bain getting uh, another chance with Joe Gibbs Racing, which is uh, good for him. Good for him. Um, and then uh, more Xfinity news. Uh, Parker Kligerman is returning to Big Machine Racing in 2024. So he's got... Heck yeah. Uh, He's got another contract. He's got a fresh contract. He's going to be good to go. Uh, colleague Racing in the Cup Series, uh, Chris Rice, who uh, I don't know if anybody saw this. I did put a tweet out. Uh, I was shopping in Meyer the other day, and uh, my wife and I were laughing uncontrollably in, in the middle of the, the aisle at this Meyer because of the off-brand names uh, that we found. And uh, one of them was right next to the Rice Krispies, and it was called Crisp Rice. And I tweeted, hey, I know that guy. He's the president of Colleague Racing. That's pretty good. And it only, But it only got one like. I even tagged Colleague Racing. They didn't even look at it. I feel low-key upset because that's such a good joke. But there was also hilarious, another one, where they literally called their Frosted Flakes ripoff just Frosted Flakes, but instead of a tiger, it was a polar bear. Yes, one deadly animal to another. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Good for them. Yeah. yeah they're getting away with. They're getting away with that one for now. They are. I don't know how Meyer store brands are doing that, but uh, yeah. yeah, Crisp Rice is the name of the off-brand Rice Krispie cereal at Meyer. But Chris Rice is the president of Colleague Racing, and he told USA Today. They uh, expect to have the number 30 car, the driver of the number 31 car, wrapped up for 2024, but no no formal announcement is ready. So we're getting ready to find out who's going to drive in place of Justin Haley next year when he moves to Rick Ware Racing, which is still a move. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But anyway, um, and we have a new driver for the uh, Legacy Motor Club car. Uh, Josh Berry drove it this weekend at Daytona. Uh, but uh, Carson Hosevar will drive the race at Darlington as it will be an off weekend for the trucks, and he also was scheduled to drive the Spire number 77 in the Xfinity Series. He has since abandoned those plans to focus on running the Southern 500, uh, which can't argue there. Personally, yeah. I, would, I would, if I was making my second cup start, that's probably what I would want to do as well, mm-hmm. you know, is focus on, especially if your second cup start is coming, in the Southern 500, which is notoriously right. one of the hardest right. and most grueling races on the schedule. In the very the hardest track on the calendar, too. Let yes. us, yeah, it's, 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 By the it, way, it, anybody, anybody who says, is the Southern 500 too long, you just need to shut up. The Southern hey, 500 only, is only three races long. that should be longer than 400 miles. The Southern 500, the Daytona 500, and the Coca-Cola 600. Yeah, like, I... If if you're going to sit here and say, oh, the, the the Southern 500 is too long, then I'm going to look at you and say, well, then the 24 hours of Le Mans is too long, too. 
You're missing the point, then, by complaining about it being too long. It's supposed to be long. It's supposed to be an endurance. It's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be a true test of man and machine. Yep. If it's not that, then is it even, really even the Southern 500? That's what no, makes it hard. Southern 400. Yeah, and the Southern 400 sucks. <laughs> I'll say that. I, unless it's running at night. That's what I don't like. I wish they would switch. I wish the May race would be at night and the fall race would be during the day. That's my, my, my opinion. But Fair enough. Yeah, especially for the Southern 500, the first race of the playoffs, it needs to be on NBC. And if you got to run it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, you got to run it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. No complaints uh-huh. from anybody on the planet if it's running at 1 o'clock, except for maybe the West Coast. But they're watching football games at 1 o'clock, at 10 o'clock their time. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to have to now. We were talking about college yeah. football before the show. They're, you're going to have to now when those Big Ten games kick off at noon. Mm-hmm. You did it to yourself. Now you got to kick off at 10 a.m., 9 a.m., your time. Yeah, but think about it. You almost could be watching football for one conference for about 12 hours. Okay, it's great hours. for people who actually watch the Big Ten Network. Yep. All 12 of them. Yep. Which is yep. 10 more than who, people who watch the Pac-12 Network. Yep. All right, we're a racing, we're ra- we're racing podcast. I know. Like racing. I know. I know. Uh, where, where was I? Uh, oh, Brandon Jones. Good old Brandon Jones confirmed he will return to Junior Motorsports in 2024. And I'm surprised that everybody got all upset about this because... Why? The dude has five wins. It's not like he's just taking up space. He has more he's wins had, than... The, he's he got horrible wins. luck. Yes. And, the, and Junior Motorsports hasn't also pro- performed very well this year. Remember, they only have four wins right this year. Josh yeah. Berry has a goose egg. Yeah, I mean... It's, and it, was only, and there was, it took him to, to Memorial Day weekend to pick up win one, and it took him till late July to pick up win two with Sam Mayer. Brandon Jones has more win, more career wins than Austin Hill, than Sheldon Creed, than Riley Hurst, uh, than Jim Burton, than... Yes, he has five. All of those people have less than five. Uh, I'm pretty sure Austin Hill actually has five. Okay, then not Austin Hill. But the point is, Daniel Hemrick, Jeff Burton, Sheldon Creed, Riley Herbst, all of yep. these people who people, yep. I mean, outside of Herbst, don't really care if they're in the series or not. All have less wins than Brandon Jones, but people are complaining about Brandon Jones taking up space. Yeah, I understand. Brandon Jones had a rough year, uh, terrible luck. He's, he, you know, hey, it takes a while to get used to a team, and unfortunately they're going through a, a down year. But in junior motorsports fashion, when they have a down year, they usually have a good year the following year. So, are we, always, are we also forgetting that he should have been the winner at Martinsville last year? Yes. We're just forgetting that? Are we just going to forget and throw out that he had a really good race and he executed and everything went well except he has a teammate that didn't give a crap about him? I, I am I not here it. for Brandon Jones slander. In fact, I'm not here for any slander of Xfinity guys. I don't like that. I mean, Riley Herbst I get. Daniel Hemrick I get because it's like, like literally what have they won. But you cannot sit here and tell me that Brandon Jones is not worthy of a ride with five career wins. Yeah, he's worthy of a ride for sure. I exactly. 
And it's not like those wins are flukes. It's not like he Ryan Reeded his way into those wins. He, like, actually won them on merit with speed. Yeah. 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 Hey, driver or not, what? who cares? He's also won at a good variety of tracks. Actually, yes. he won at, actually has he won at Darlington twice? I, I, I can't remember. Yeah, you know, he, he won. His first career win was my sister's wedding day. And uh, it was the same day that there was a fight on pit road. And I'm like, I missed this you great missed race. I know. Wild. I will not tolerate Brandon Jones slander. So we won't. That, 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 I mean, the dude literally, make, he, I, I'll always respect him after. I, th- I can't remember what year it was, but uh, he, wrecked, he wrecked someone. Uh, he wrecked someone at Road America, I remember. And he was mad, he was upset, he was angry, so he wrecked someone, and it was a heat-of-the-moment thing. But he wrecked someone who was, like, on a small team. And he literally, out of his own pocket, paid to help repair the, the car. Yeah, I, re- I remember that. Now you bring that up. He did do that. He's a good guy. He's a good I guy. I will always, to this day, say that, that right there is a symbol of respect, because who else is going to do that? Who else is going to not only swallow their pride and realize that they did wrong, but then also put their money with their mouth where their mouth is, and instead of just calling the guy up and saying, hey, man, I'm sorry I wrecked you, actually getting out his checkbook? Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to sit here and bash a guy who does that, then you got more problems than I'm willing to talk to. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, before I get on a more of a soapbox, let's uh, move on here to the last two pieces of news, which are huge, and we'll talk about them uh later on in the show uh but the first one is that gms racing and gms fabrication will cease operations at the conclusion of 2023 uh which now leaves daniel die grant infinger Raja caruth all searching for new rides in 2024 although uh daniel die old nutcracker he said that uh he's gonna have a drive uh in the truck series next year no matter what so he's good but uh infinger and raja are still gonna probably be looking but both of those guys have sponsorships, so I would I would assume that they'll be able to find some kind of rides. I hope that they are. Uh, just a big bummer. Uh, I kind of think uh, Daniel like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a big, but you know, I don't think we're going to be losing car count or truck count. Uh, I no. think Daniel Die. I could see him going to KBM with some money. Um, Probably. And K- KBM going back to three teams. Uh, and well, they already I, kind of are. Well, they've got the four and they got the fifty-one. But Nick Sanchez has a KBM sticker on his fire suit. For all intents and purposes, he's a KBM car. I mean, I was going to say Raja could very well go drive for Rev uh, again. He what he did for Arca, uh, open up another team there. Uh, and Grant, hmm, I don't know. I, I I believe he'll be on trucks. I would love to see. I would love to see him, uh, um, him and uh, Raja both go to Rev. I know that kind of be out of Rev's. Yeah, Mantra. I don't know if that's in their budget, but I, you bring the money, man. You bring the money. Uh, that's kind of where it's got to be. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I will hope we don't lose Grant in the truck series, uh, or he doesn't get a good opportunity ride. I think yeah. he's 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 strong. Um, he's proven he's good. He won at Milwaukee. Yeah, he's he's got f- f- five wins the past two years. Four or five wins the past two years. Dude, that win at IRP was that last year. I mean, that was earned. Mega. That, that was, was earned. Yeah. 
That was not given to him. That was earned, man. And Majeski yeah. got him back this year. But he last did. but last year he got the best of Majeski. So uh, yeah. but now, hey, but they penalized Majeski. Did you see that? Like, like they took literally everything off his car. And uh, I, I think it was uh, Hosevar, I think, who said, or it, it was either Hosevar or someone else, who said, "Well, now he doesn't have his uh, advantage anymore." Yeah. So yeah. I guess I guess Majeski's been running a, a little cheated up truck most of the year, which is fine. That's 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 racing. If you ain't cheating, you ain't racing. Um, right. But uh, definitely happened at the wrong time, you know, during the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> of all the times and it could happen and it had to happen during the play at least he's got the win at least he's got that yeah. win to fall back on but uh yes but but uh without the advantage it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how he does in the next round right. um anyway let's move on here to the final piece of nascar news and it's it's some sad news some even further sad news and this is the news i really didn't want to believe was true no one wanted to believe it was true nobody wants to believe this is actually happening but it is kurt bush formally announced his retirement on Saturday at Daytona. The reason behind it is that he said the, his doctors believe it will take too much work to get back to 100% if he ever will, so there's no timetable. Um, he's, he's done. It, it sucks. He didn't get to go out on his own terms, and I'm so mad. I'm so frustrated. Um, and I just I feel like I, I'm angry. I'm sad. Because this isn't fair. This isn't fair to Kurt. This isn't... I mean, we've all... I think anybody who's been a NASCAR fan in the last 15 years can tell you, watching the comeback story of Kurt Busch Mm -hmm. genuinely makes you think anything's possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was literally a time, I remember when I was in high school, where if you said the word Kurt Busch, it was just a joke. Everybody, like... You know, or hey, I'm having a Kurt Busch like meltdown. And then if you said something about him in 2015, it was he's a wife beater or something. And all of that ended up being not true. She ended up being insane. Uh, I think she's still she's she's got sentenced. Patricia Driscoll. I I, 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 yeah, I think I read that she got sentenced now. Finally, uh. I can't believe that poor guy got sucked into that relationship, too, man. That had to have been hell. Yeah. The woman was... She thought she was a professional assassin. Like, what What the heck was going on? And then she was stealing money from veterans. You remember yeah. that? They found yeah, out when she, sued, when she sued him, they found out that she had been embezzling money from veterans that she was supposedly helping. Not a not a great uh, poster child for civilization. She wasn't, but as far as Kurt goes, you know, man, it's it certainly is a forever stain on the next gen car. Um, oh, dude, hundred percent. It you know it makes yes me mad I, about the next gen car. It genuinely and it's 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 the exact reason why. And I apologize for interrupt you, but it's the exact reason the both accidents that we saw at Daytona this weekend scared the living crap out of me. Because I still don't think that the next gen is all the way safe. Like, I, I've seen that, yes, it looks like it is a lot safer, but when Ryan Blaney hit that wall and when Ryan Priest went upside down, dude, I genuinely thought that they'd either been seriously hurt or worse. Well, I think we, we, we learned a lot that Kurt Busch 
was a turning point for the car. I think it 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 woke up a lot of eyes and said, "Okay, we got to listen to the drivers now." Um, the car is too stiff, and they've made a lot of changes to the front and the rear as a result of his crash. Um, but it is still going to be a, a forever stain because it it did cause a driver who wasn't ready to retire to ultimately retire like you said not on his own terms um you know and i'm very thankful that you know when we saw the ryan blaney crash we've seen crashes like that before and i'm not just talking about dale earnhardt but we've seen cra- crashes like that before um and i and i was very glad when we see the slow-mo and you see the car collapse on the front end it did it's it did its job. I don't know how else it can be improved. I, I, I don't know. I'm not an engineer. I mean, it I definitely looks like there's crumple zones on the car now, which is yes. not something I could say last year. Like, I mean, I'm sure that they were there, but they were not visual in the in the well, event that like, you know, anybody it, could visually see it. The, the car still looked stiff upon after, even after contact. Yeah, I mean, like if you go back 14 months. Blaney's out with a concussion because there is no give in the car, just the wall, and we we know that doesn't work. Um, Priest's thing, we'll talk about Priest in a little bit. It's a little bit different deal, but um, you know, with Kurt, I'm going to miss him Uh, out on the track. Absolutely, he was the last guy in the field to race against Dale Earnhardt Sr. So that era is officially gone, right? Um, oh, it, leaves, it, it, it leaves, and I was talking with my dad about this over the weekend, you know, when Kevin retires this year, to, to my count, I think I only counted four drivers who were racing, like, full-time in Cup, who are full-time drivers right now in Cup, pre-2010. You know, there's four, there's four left. That, to me, is, is absolutely wild. That Denny, Martin, Michael McDowell, and Kyle I can't Bush. remember. Kyle Bush. That, Joey Logano. Oh, Logano, so five. Um, you know, so you, you, there's, there's five guys left who, who were racing before 2010. And we've, we're, you know, Kurt would still be racing today. We'd be racing next year, I'm sure, because he'd be doing fine. Um, if not, he would be going out this year, uh, you know, and now like like Kevin, they'd both be going out together. And I think that would have been that would have been uh, something special for everybody to enjoy. Um, but I'm glad he's still going to be around um, helping out 2311. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the TV contracts. Um, if we're going to get a summer series that's. Going to incorporate take races away from Fox slash NBC or if it's going to be a whole new thing where they add races. Or, you know, hey, you know what? If trucks get their own deal, give Kurt Busch a call. I think Kurt would be an excellent commentator for a truck series race broadcast. Um, He'd be great. He's a great... Him and Kevin do a great job up in the booth whenever they're there. So, you know, with Kevin going there next year, it's going to be, you know, a, a very pleasant sight, welcome sight to see him. Uh, alongside Mike Joy and Clint, but Kurt would also be a great addition. So, um, 
and I don't know that's something he wants to do full time, but you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. But gonna miss Kurt out there. Um, hopefully, we're you know, but I think look, he's gonna, still gonna be around. He's just he's just not gonna be putting on the helmet and fire suit and gloves and and strapping in every every Sunday uh, like we're, like we've been accustomed to for you know twenty two years. So um, yeah, wish him the best. Yeah, yeah, man. It- it's bumming me out, man. It's just bumming me out. I hate it. I hate the hat. I, I, I mean, driver retirements always hurt. Like, I, I will always believe that 2018 was should have been the breaking point for me. Like, I don't know how it wasn't. I don't know how the 2018 wasn't the breaking point for me. Like, like everybody I liked was gone. Everybody yeah. I liked, I, I, I realized that. I remember at like, it was 2019, the 2019 Daytona 500. I was like, I don't have anybody to cheer for in this race. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know why I'm watching this. Why am I watching this? I, I don't like anyone else. All of these, like, uh, who can I pick out? Uh, I guess I like Kyle Bush. You know, I've always liked Kyle Bush, but like, he's never been my favorite. You know what I mean? Like, I like Kyle Busch. I respect Kyle Busch. I enjoy watching Kyle Busch race. But he's not my favorite, you know? He's not the guy where I'm going to be like, oh, boy, he won. Yay! I'm going to be like, oh, okay, cool. Cool. Good for him. He's he's a legend. He's a great driver. You know, of course, he's going to win. It's cool to see a, a driver like that win. But Casey Kane wins? Dude, you won't bring me down. You, you won't bring me down for two days. You know, I still remember where I was when he won that first race at Michigan. I or not Michigan, Richmond. Sorry, um, he won that first race at Richmond. My mom mm-hmm. let me stay up because she knew it, she knew he had a good car that day. So my mom let me stay up late to watch that race, and she watched it with me. And we both were literally celebrating at like ten, eleven o'clock at night. Was that the spring or fall? Spring. Spring. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it was it was amazing. I still remember it. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget where I was when I saw it. It felt like, for me, even though I was 10 years old, no, I wasn't 10 yet. I was nine. I was still nine. I was nine and a half. Like, it, it felt so validating. Like, the whole, the whole last year and a half of me being a Casey Kane fan, you know, like, it finally paid off. Like, all those years of drinking Mountain Dew, of wearing my red t-shirt for luck, uh, you know, uh, insisting my parents drive a Dodge, uh, you know, things like that. It all paid off. It all worked. Even though none of that actually probably mattered in the grand scheme of things. And it was all just Tommy Baldwin. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I, it, it, it sucks to see drivers retire. Um, it really does. Uh, but... You know, it, it, it's a product of what happens and a new generation comes in and a new generation, you know, is, is, is appealing to people. So ultimately it is what it is. And I, I, I just hope that Kurt is able to do like what Junior does and run, run a couple of races now and again. Because uh, I, I, I would just, I would hate to see him not be able to, to run, it, run anything again. Because yeah. he's still, he's... He literally won a race last year. Yeah. He he literally did not need to retire. He was still able he was still at the top of his game. He was he's still up there. And it's it's just 
And it's for, for all intents and purposes, for that for that matter, Harvick could still win a race. Oh yeah. I mean, I know he has Harvick. Harvick Harvick's moving on to to spend time with kids and kids racing careers, or at least Keelan's if if Piper doesn't choose to race. You know, different reasons. But and I think Kurt would be racing. I truly believe that, you know, he signed a two-year contract, and this would have been year two. Um, but I do believe he would have been racing again in 24 and in 25, and I, I think he would have been one of those guys that w might have been kind of the last of an era of literally, you know, driving till, you know, almost a 30-year career. I, I think that would have been, I think that would have been Kurt. That's what um, I still as long want to he... do, see, see his brother do. I, I still yeah. want to see Kyle race. I, 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 I just, I want, I know he says he wants to do it in the trucks, and that's all cool and fine. But man, it don't matter if it does it in trucks. You got to get Brexton up into the, in, into the cup series, and then we'll do it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I said I was going to not take too much time, and I took too much time. So I'm going to go ahead and we'll move on into the feature paint scheme of the show. So since we basically started by announcing the sad news that GMS Racing is indeed closing its doors at the end of the season, uh, we decided to take a look at our favorite GMS paint schemes. Now, Josh, this took me a very long time to come up with and find, but uh, eventually I did. And uh, so I'm going to let you go ahead and tell yours first, and then I'll tell, I'll tell mine. But I think both of us have some pretty good, pretty good choices here. Yeah, uh, GMS for all of its years, whether it was Arca, Truck, or even it, their stints in Xfinity, had some great paint schemes. They really did. They had some great paint schemes. Um, and I had one in mind, and I kind of went through a couple of them, and I kind of said, well, try to try to find me one that I think is better than, um, than the one I was thinking of. And I kind of excluded some throwbacks because they did have some good throwback schemes. Um, since the throwback scheme really isn't their original scheme, I, I didn't want to pick that. So mine is the 24 ChevyParts.com Chevrolet Silverado driven by David Gravel at Michigan and Kansas all the way back in 2020. That seems like forever ago when he made these appearances. But, um, he raced the, these races with the kind of the help of Jeff Gordon and Exalta support. He, you know, uh, he, he got a sort of uh, support from Exalta, um, for some of his dirt racing stuff, um, you know, kind of almost looked like for a hot minute there that Hendrick was maybe going to branch out and do some stuff in the sprint car world. And then COVID kind of hit and kind of, I think, dialed back some of those plans a little bit or, you know, potential plans. Uh, total speculation there. Um, but, um, you know, I love the black, the base black in the Chevrolet gold trim. Uh, and, and some designs across the car. But the thing I loved about it, I had the Hendrick Motorsports 24 on it, and it just simply reminded me of the days that I really didn't get to watch um, was when, when Jack Sprague and Hendrick were some of the two guys to beat in the Truck Series. You know, if you wanted to win the Truck Series in the 90s and early 2000s, you had to go through Ron Hornaday, Jack Sprague, Mike Skinner, uh, the Roush guys. You had to go through them if you were going to win. And, and, you know, Jack was the first guy to win three championships, and he sat there for a long time uh, until Ron Horday won his, his two uh, third and fourth truck championships um, with KHI. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, my, this is my favorite scheme I, for different reasons. Again, they had a lot of great schemes, and it was, you know, I'm like, 
can a second one I think it is good top this and they just couldn't so but but Rob you you have a good one and they've had a lot of good paint schemes with this particular sponsor yeah man so obviously Maury Gallagher also owns Allegiant Airlines which I've never flown because I've only flown a couple of times in my life and I believe the two airlines that I did fly at that time no longer exist uh so it is what it is but so I've never flown Allegiant so I can't say whether or not it's any good or any bad but what I do know is that every single one of their paint schemes is usually a banger <laughs> uh, and this one is no different. This one is no different. Way back, uh, way back when, good old Spencer Gallagher used to drive probably one of the coolest looking Allegiant Airlines uh, paint schemes. Uh, now I, I went back and forth between his truck and his Arca car, um, and ultimately I, I settled on the truck. The the truck that he ran in 2014. Uh, it's probably my favorite Allegiant scheme on a truck. Um, if you want my favorite Allegiant scheme, it's not a GMS scheme so that's why i technically didn't say this but uh the uh paint scheme that they've been running with the 43 and the 42 on the allegiant especially last year with ty dillon i think that was that's hands down the best one so far but um in turn but since that's not gms it's legacy totally different so i didn't go with that one i went with the i went with the the true reason why gms racing exists spencer gallagher um and uh, I just love this truck. I, I think it's, it's, it's beautiful. I, I love how it's almost cartoony in a 90s way. And I appreciate that. I very much appreciate that. It's, it's, uh, it's a good little... It's, it's before they started you know, changing the, the, font, the number fonts every other year uh, on the car. Um, and they just had this one little cool like 90s looking-ish uh car that v- made me very very nostalgic for some reason because you know 90s i anyone our age is just nostalgic with the 90s like you show a nintendo 64 to a millennial they're literally gonna wet themselves um it, it happens uh we, we can't help it we can't help it. i love a cartridge i love the sound of a cartridge going into a game slot i don't like it when a disc goes in it doesn't doesn't do the same thing anyway um good old spencer gallagher ran this truck uh most of the season most of the season uh, he had a handful of other paint schemes that he ran, but uh, it was mostly this. And I really especially love the gradient uh, going from orange, dark, you know, kind of like a, a, a bright orange to kind of a lighter orange onto the yellow as the truck paint scheme goes on in the back. Uh, in general, I love the blue color, although I do prefer the much lighter baby blue of the Allegiant schemes that have come later. Uh, I, I also like the a little bit darker blue, especially when it's paired with the fade and the gradients and everything i really like that so anyway that's that's uh my featured paint scheme of the show uh i'm gonna go ahead and move on let's move on to the upshift downshift uh if you're new to the show remember uh we if you're new to the show you might not know this but if you're not uh we um you probably know how this works but uh basically the upshift downshift segment is our discussion segment we say whether we upshift or downshift news uh or questions and or statements remember you can play along as well uh, the Spotify question of the day will always be available for Spotify listeners in the app. All you have to do is, if you're listening on Spotify, literally just click on where it says Q&A and answer the question right there. And you can play along. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to embarrass yourself in front of everybody else letting them know you follow us on Twitter. Um, so anyway, with that being said, uh, we'll go ahead in here to the first question of the day, which is Christian Horner. He said that, quote, Checo's situation for next year is clear. He is a Red Bull racing driver. Do you upshift or downshift that you believe 
Sergio Perez will be racing for Red Bull in 2024. Man, I, um, I think I upshift. I think he's going to, um, and I kind of bounce back and forth on this. I, I think let's, let's just pretend that Daniel Ricardo has a shot. Daniel Ricardo wants to win. He wants to win a championship and he doesn't care what it takes. I think he's still, yeah, he wants to be an F1, but he wants to win a championship, right? And Red Bull's better now as an organization with this car, with this set of regulations than they were when he was driving for him, right? You know, that, that, that was, that era was dominated by Mercedes and even had a touch of Ferrari and Red Bull's often the third best team. So, but Sergio knows how to play a role. Sergio, uh, other than Sunday, with it being the Dutch Grand Prix, I mean, they're going to want to, if, if Max isn't going to like it, but if Red Bull says, yeah, yeah, you know, Sergio's got an 18-second lead, we're cool with him winning. That's fine. But he'll play second the rest of the, the, rest of the time we need him to. Um, yeah, I, I upshift. I think he's a good team player, good role player. Um, he knows his he knows his position within the team. Daniel Ricardo would want to challenge for it. But I think that's why I believe Sergio will be a Red Bull driver in twenty twenty four. Well, you know what? I've gotta say I agree with that. I don't think that they're gonna jump to putting Ricardo especially to literally ran one race, did okay, I guess. That broke yeah. his hand. Yeah. Like, come on. Just just keep checking with the car. What you've got right now is working. Why 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 change it? Yeah. That's my view. Why change it? What what you have is fine. Um anyway, that's that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh we'll move on to the next question. With AJ Foyt Racing becoming technical partners with Team Penske. Do you upshift or downshift that they have effectively become a B team? How about that, Josh? Gosh, I upshift this. AJ Ford's a B team now. I mean, the the uh, ingredients are there in the pudding, man. Right in the article that has, has been published. Their team Penske is going to use it as a feeder for their big team. That is by definition a B team. But and and the sad part is, I just don't see now. I don't see AJ Foyt returning to Victory Lane. I think they're going to be hey, they're going to be second fiddle to to Team Penske, and won't be allowed to be a potentially a championship winning team. They have to do something wildly crazy to do to do that. So it's kind of a sad day. It's a good day if you're AJ Foyt and you want to see your guys finish in the top ten in points again. Um, AJ Foy can't remember the last time they had a freaking podium, but it's been a while. Um, you know, it's a sad day. They're one hundred percent. Have they not won since uh, what Sato? I think you're right. I think Sato was the last guy to win for them. Yeah, I think so. Man, yeah my my take on this is definitely upshift. They're they're becoming a B team. Not to me. I mean. It's better to be a B team and have the performance like they are instead of being an A team and having the poor performance that they have, right? Yeah. 
Uh, so, uh, well, I mean, it's not like they could do worse. I mean, I think the thing that I don't like about it is that little note about uh, them using, uh, basically, Team Penske using them as a training ground, as throwing them them, them their guinea pigs, you know? I was like, okay, yeah. great. Great. Good job, guys. Good job, Larry Foyt. This really was, was the right... No, I don't want to slander Larry Foyt. I like Larry Foyt, but... Yeah, this... Uh, I mean... You know the Force Indy thing. That's kind of good. You know, if you get Miles Rowe into a to a Indy car, that'd be good. But it wouldn't look good if he was in what the twenty fifth quickest car on the grid. Like what? How how is that helping? You know, how is that helping anyone? So, yeah, that's just my feel about that. I I don't necessarily like. It's like if you really want to help these guys. Put them in good rides. Don't put them in crummy rides so that they only finish 10th or, or worse their entire rookie season and then put them in a great ride and then they don't have any idea how to manage a race from the lead. Like, yeah. if you're a rookie and, you ha- and, and, and you're a top rookie and you get put into a good car, like, that's the thing that I didn't like about, um, like, Kirkwood and Herda. Herda's probably the worst example. Where basically, he wasn't in a top car his first year. Yeah, it was an Andretti car, but it was like a Harding car, you know? Mm-hmm. It was still Harding. It wasn't with part of the main Andretti squad. And so as a result, yeah, he, he won a race at Coda, but like, outside of that, he didn't really know how to manage a race. Now he's in a top car, and he doesn't know how to manage a race. He constantly crashes out, or when he does, or, or he gets lucky and manages to actually win the thing. But for the most part, he's thrown away wins. Uh, because what did he do? And I think the same thing is Kyle Kirkwood to a Kyle. It hasn't affected Kyle Kirkwood, but it, it. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't necessarily. I don't like that. I feel like if you've got a top prospect of a driver, I mean, you you either open up a, a an extra car for them, or you kick someone out. Like you you can't you can't just say, hey, go drive for this crummy team for a year or two. And then we'll see if we want to pull you up. Because then, how's their confidence going to be? If they're finishing 11th and 12th in the points every mm-hmm. year. Because mm-hmm. they're hindered by the speed of their car. Like, what, what good does that do? They're, what do they learn? They learn how to run mid-pack. Oh, good. That, that helps them. Then you get Colt Nerda-like situations where they're throwing races away because they literally don't know how to manage them when they're in the lead. Mm-hmm. Or you don't—they don't know how to race for a win. You know, they might—they—they they might think, "Oh, I got to get every position I can." When third place will do just fine, but they're thinking, "Oh, I got to win! I got to win!" You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, I'll move on. Uh, next question here: With five races remaining in the next ten weeks, do you upshift or downshift that the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series should start later or end sooner to have a more condensed schedule if additional races aren't added? Josh. I upshift this. Um, you know, it, it it's very spread out to me. I know you look at it and you only have, they have 13 off weeks, but I feel like at the end of the season, at this point in the season, you need to have a lot of momentum or, or at least towards the end of the year. So I, I, I would be okay. I would be okay if they wanted to start later or if they wanted to end sooner. Um, ending maybe early October. You know, a month sooner, that's four less weeks. Um, or if they wanted to start the season later, I'm okay with that as well. 
Um, but obviously, ideally, I would love to see about three races added to their schedule to kind of help fill that gap a little bit. Um, but I also think we should try to go. I didn't. I never liked that you could get to Charlotte in the Truck Series in May, and that was race four. That that's bad. But if you wanted to remove a race or two, like they should have be racing at Martinsville. The penultimate race of the year should be Martinsville. It's a joke to me that their one Martinsville race is in March or April, whenever the, the Martinsville race is. You know, so if you want to take some races and relocate them to, to the to the back, I'm good with that. But I do believe that if if, if come twenty five more races aren't added to their schedule and TV contract, though they need to shorten up the season. I, I do believe that. Rob, what, what are your thoughts on that? I know that's kind of a out-of-left-field question and somewhat controversial, but uh, what's your thoughts? No, it's, I don't think it's necessarily controversial, controversial in that regard, but uh, I, I, I do think that really the truck series is struggling with its identity still. Um, I think it's got really good drivers in it, really popular good drivers. Like, you know, it's got, it's got those, those uh, truck regulars again, like your Grant in fingers, you know. Um, you've got uh, other guys. Ty Majeski, I guess, could be considered that. Uh, I don't really see him going up to Xfinity after this. So, no. but I think he's found a really, really good home in trucks. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't see any reason for why he's the new Matt Crafton uh, for Thor Sport. But, uh, maybe he's got to win a title first. Um, well, I mean, he's like the long-term guy for them. I think. Well, probably. Um, and and it's 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 nice to see. I think that um, I'm excited for, at the very least, to see this continue. But if it does, but. Uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still a little bit nervous. Um, I will say, I will say that I don't like, I don't like how, I don't like how the truck series playoffs start in the summer. I don't like that. I very, I'm, I'm someone to me. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like playoffs in this, in NASCAR should not start till September because they never, I mean, that's. Well, they've always started, I feel yeah. like. Um, and it's kind of weird to me, just just personally, to them for them to have all these weeks off and have IRP be the first race of the playoffs. Like, what is, what is that? What is that? Why, yeah. why are we doing that? Yeah, that's I mean, a big that, reason for, for my, my problems as well. I mean, I could... I could I, I, it, play, yeah. Their playoffs are as long... As like the NBA playoffs, yeah, it, but but it's not like they're playing. It's not like they're exactly. racing all the time, like the in the yeah. NBA. Like yeah. at least in the NBA playoffs, there's games every day, so there's so, so, lots of reasons to tune in. With the Truck yeah. Series playoffs, like they'll go two they have three weeks without a, a another race to from the, the second and, and, weekend in August until yeah. the first weekend in November. They have seven races. Easy seven crazy that's crazy especially in a series in, a, in, in an environment in which you know races every week or every other week are very commonplace yeah it, it is it is concerning to me that and, and it's not like let's not act like there's not tracks out there that would love to have the truck series oh gosh 
Yes. I mean, look at Milwaukee. Do you see the crowd at Milwaukee? Do you see? Have you seen a crowd at IRP? People hey. have shown up. Yeah. 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 It was great. I mean, hey, uh, um, I'm trying to think of some other. I mean, you got to. They have to go outside the the norms. Look, they got to go back to. They got to get back to Iowa. Trucks, Xfinity, and Arca should have a triple header weekend out there in 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 Iowa. Um, heck, I would even before having an Arca double header like run them back to back days. I think are like. Saturday be going to Michigan again for what it's worth. Fair enough. Um, I still like the old days of old where they didn't necessarily go to a bunch of big tracks. Um, oh, but, but don't sit but, here and tell me that those truck races at Michigan were not thrilling. Don't you they were thrilling. Right, the the Colin Brown. I mean, he, the Bubba Wallace win from like 2017. I'm not saying they were bad. I'm not saying they weren't bad. I just don't think they should be going there. Um, I, I mean, I like the South Boston's Five Flags. They need to be going short tracks and um, Kern County. Um, uh, you know, they need to be going to short tracks. And and there's plenty of short tracks out there. We have seen it. Work at, with IRP in Milwaukee. And Milwaukee's not necessarily well, a, short not track, really a short track, but but it's 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 a, it's a traditional. Uh, once upon a time, the trucks did not go to a track over one mile in length, uh, with the exception of Homestead in Las Vegas um, in road courses. Milwaukee, New Hampshire, Phoenix were the lo- were the biggest tracks they went to. So um, yeah, they they got to get back to those tracks. Yeah, I, sorry, I interrupted you there. No, it, it, you're fine. I'm just, you know, it's it's kind of weird to, uh, it's just kind of weird to me that there's tracks that they could be going to that they've just cut cut trucks off from. You know, trucks don't yeah. go to tracks that, you know, maybe I'd like to see them go to to maybe extend, extend the schedule a little bit. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that's, that's just me. Um, all right, let's move on here to the next one. Uh, does Formula One need to implement an alternate or alternative start-finish line for qualifying, similar to do, what uh, NASCAR and IndyCar do on road courses? Do you upshift or downshift this, Josh? Oh, yeah. I was watching. F- Look, the Dutch Grand Prix qualifying should be all the uh, evidence you need. That track is old. It's small. There's no room to escape. And you know you're 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 crossing lines here to avoid people. They need to they sh- that 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 alternate start finish line should have been in between uh, the final two corners before the bank that that last bank corner. So right when they roll off the bank, they're able to get down and and into uh, pit road and get off the track. Um, yeah, that was they need to do something differently. And I don't know why they don't do that. It's a waste of time for everybody. You know, uh, get out there, get your lap in and go. And then get off. I think the teams would want that because it'd give them an opportunity to maybe get another run if they needed to. So there you go. Well, can't, I mean, I can't disagree with you. I don't think that, um, I don't, I don't think that, um, it would be a bad thing if F1 did this, but uh, you know, I, I think it should be more so on a on a case by case basis that they do something like that. Um, you know, I feel I feel very much like 
look, F1 is expensive, and it it's just it is how it is, and 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 there's certain procedures that just are the way they are. Do I think personally? I personally, personally, I believe that um, the lap should just the the qualifying lap of most tracks should just be the start finish line because that makes that that I mean that's that's what you're you're up against in the race okay you're up against trying like the way the way you drive an end you know a, a corner or whatever could be different depending on where that start finish line is and then in, and I think in NASCAR and IndyCar it's not as different as important or as demanding but I feel like in F1 things are just that's how they are, you know, and I don't know how much they're going to change. You know what I mean? Fair enough. It's, it's, it's one of those things that I don't know that they would change, but I do think it should be on a case-by-case basis. I think that at Zandvoort, yeah, they should be doing something like that. At, at you know, at Monza next week, nah. Nah. At Spa, nah. But... You know, at, at a place like Monza, where, or excuse me, at Zandvoort, where it's, you know, like you said, it's very narrow, then, then yeah, Monaco even. I would be okay if Monaco was, if Monaco, uh, that you just, um, the, the start was actually, uh, the, 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 the timing line, excuse me, was before the last sector of turns. Yeah. I, per- I personally, I think that should be the way, that, that, it should be that way at Monaco. And, and, but, and I've always believed that, uh, but um, I also, but I, I, like I said, I don't think that it would work at Monza. You know what I mean? I don't. I wouldn't like it at Monza. Well, there's room for people to get out of the way. Yeah, you know, that's they, that's it, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I wouldn't like if if they just moved it to the Parabolica. You know? Yeah. That wouldn't that that wouldn't sit right with me. Be, but for the not not just for I guess aesthetic reasons or whatever. But like you said, because it, guys are able to get out of the way when they're going into the pits. You know, they, they're staying at, at the bottom, on the bottom line, and the racing line is to, is, 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 honest, is to the outside. You know, the racing line is to the outside. If you're coming into the pits, you're using the inside. So there's two distinct lanes there. Like, we're talking Zandvoort Mon- and, and Monaco. That doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right? So... Yeah, and I would, I would honestly, and this is going to sound crazy, but I would also honestly say Austria, probably too, because that last sector, uh, that last section of corners can be taken really fast. They're really fast right-handers, and if you, like, are coming off that corner and you're diving for the pits and a guy doesn't know that, like, I feel like that could be a big, a major problem as well. Yeah. So, you know, I'm thinking I, I, there, I, there are tracks where I think it's it's necessary and it could work and it could be done better. But then, I, like I said, I think there's tracks that it, it doesn't necessarily need it. So do I upshift or downshift? Uh, downshift, but I'm open to it. I'm, I'm open to it at certain tracks. All right, now let's get into uh, one of the bigger ones. SRX is in talks to host a race in the Middle East. Possibly Saudi Arabia or Qatar as soon as the end of this year. Do you upshift or downshift this, Josh? You know, I, I upshift for more SRX. I am kind of of the opinion that I think they need to have two seasons a year. I think they I think if they're so 
hell-bent on staying on the East Coast. I think they need to have a West Coast counterpart during this during the winter. And I'm sure they could get a lot, like they get IndyCar drivers and NASCAR drivers, maybe some sports car drivers involved in that and go racing in California, uh, you know, Nevada, maybe even some of these other places that will be kind of sketchy during the winter, but it might be cool. Put some snow tires on, who knows? Um, but like, yeah, I mean, like you could, you can make a series literally with just within Arizona, Nevada, and California during the winter. And then one year you could go, and then the next winter you go back, you go down to Florida and ra- race in Florida and Alabama, Mississippi, some Texas, you know, so you can, you can make it work. Um, as far as an ex, this kind of like exhibition race, you know, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm all for it. I guess this is, I see it's a little bit different than F1. I rather, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about, you know, the two countries that have obviously some pretty big money, um, and the two contra- most controversial middle Eastern races currently in F1. Um, it just be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, Tony's talked about there being an international interest. This must be the international interest he's talking that that he was talking about. Um, you know what? I it's a, it's an upshift, but it's a soft one. So I upshift this uh, again. I prefer a West Coast series uh, during the winter, but if this is uh, the route they go, at least for twenty three, I'm okay. We'll see how it goes. Uh, for me, this is a pretty hard downshift. I'm sick and tired of everybody taking the Saudi blood money. Uh, I'm sick and tired of it. And I don't understand who this is for. Who is this for? What is the target demographic for this? Is it race fans? Because let me tell you something. A lot of race fans I know are very patriotic and don't exactly like going to countries that have attacked us. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying that. Mm-hmm. Second of all, um, I will also say that where are you going to? Are you going to race in the sand? Are you going to race in the sand? Are you going to race at the Bahrain little oval track there? Because well, you, you've talked about you, you. You mentioned money. Uh, they'll they'll build a track. A build a track. They'll build they'll no. build a track in in how how many months do we have left? They'll build a temporary track on a probably at an airport with oh. some grandstands. Okay, so how the IRL you tried to do uh, the Cleveland Grand Prix that one year uh, before it went back to being a kart race. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, excellent wonderful exactly what i wanted out of a race uh racing series uh yeah no no dude no this ain't it this ain't it this ain't it i'm I'm gonna keep saying that this ain't it this is this is stupid like why are we doing this seriously 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 i want to know why who thought this would be a good idea take a racing series that is primarily raced on the east coast midwest the south southeast and you're gonna really say we should race in the Middle East because everyone else is doing it. I'm sure there's someone writing a big check. ESPN might care. be of interested in it. A big check. Of course they're um, writing a big check. Saudi Arabia will write big checks to literally anybody who will make them look good, and then continue to use migrant slave labor to make everything happen. Yeah. So let's just cut out the nonsense and not do it australia there we go go. there we go literally anywhere else literally anywhere else where people actually get paid for making these venues and don't die in the process 
or aren't killed, or don't have their passports taken, or aren't stoned right. to death, or any country that where uh, death by flogging is not allowed, which is literally the entire rest of the world except for the Middle East and Turkey. Yeah. But, but, but let's go there, right? Let, let, let's go to there because they've got big money and lots of tall buildings that don't have proper plumbing. Yeah, I could go on. I could go on for the reasons why. And it's probably going to get me canceled. It's going to get us canceled. Okay. Bye bye. I don't know. But is the Saudi crown prince listening to this show? If he is, I'm shocked. And thank I you. Be, I would be shocked too. I would be shocked too. <laughs> yeah. You know, if that's if, if if he is, you know, dude. I think I should, we should pro- I should probably start building a bomb shelter in my house if he is. Herbly. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. It is what it is. But no, no hard hard downshift. No. Stop taking the money. Unless uh, literally the only the only way I could approve this, the only way I could ever 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 considerably approve this, is if it is that little bar ring. Martinsville clone that they got in the middle of this. Oh episode. yeah, if it's in Bahrain, that's fine. You know, um, that's be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's literally going to be the, the 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 only thing I'd be okay with. And even then, I don't like Bahrain. Like I, I it's just I don't like it. And, and you know, I I don't care. Look, look, man. And this isn't this isn't a religious thing. This isn't like an economical thing. This is a human rights thing. This is a human rights thing. That's all it is. I don't care what their religion is. I don't care how their customs are. I just don't like that people constantly are dying and are forced into slave labor to make World Cup stadiums, to build, to build buildings, to build racetracks, to build all this stuff. I don't like that. If they didn't do that, I wouldn't have a problem. But, but they do. It's documented. It's well documented that, that this is a thing that, that happens, that they do. That they try to cover it up, they try to pretend it doesn't—it doesn't exist, but it does. So that's why I downshift, and I'm sorry. I apologize to everybody, but that—that's—that's that's my feel. That's how I take—I take on it. Again, like I said, um, if you—if you have feelings about it, let us know. Uh, all right, next question here for the first third of stage two in the Cup race at Daytona. The front of the field was three by three by three for several rows deep. Do you upshift or downshift this style of racing, Josh? I love this. This was fun to watch. Um, I just, I mean, they just showed the aggression that they needed to be. They know they where they wanted to be to get the extra 10 points. Um, a little in the playoff point. Um, I, I loved it. I, I was I was sitting there on the couch back at my parents' house um, in Indiana, just kind of like in awe, like, what am I watching here? This is This is not... Something we've seen with the next gen car, um, we've we've seen just a lot of two by two by two, uh, very little three wide racing. But everything just kind of worked out right, um, and and everyone made the right moves to allow three lines to form. And I'm like, this is amazing racing. I loved it. Um, just. I wish you could see more of that. Uh, I, I'm glad they raced clean. They raced smart. Yeah, there were some wrecks that didn't materialize, but you could say the same thing about two wide racing. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. Hope we see more of it come uh, Talladega in October and again in February at Daytona. 
and uh, yeah, February Daytona, the Daytona 500. So uh, yeah, very good stuff there. Can't I loved it. I, I hope I hope you did too, Rob. I did. Oh my gosh, it was a wonderful race. It was it was truthfully wonderful. I'm always laughing at you know how people say, oh, this racing doesn't need to exist. This racing doesn't need to exist. Yes, it does because you, they won't admit it. They won't admit it. They want they want the likes. They want the engagement. They want the controversy. They won't admit that pack racing is some of the most exciting forms of racing. They won't admit that. They don't want to admit that. Nobody wants to admit that. You ask any you ask everybody, you know, you ask literally 90% of IndyCar fans. You you ask them was IRL good? Did the IRL have good racing? They'll immediately tell you no. Despite the fact that it's a lie that that they did. Almost every IRL race was thrilling and it's the whole reason why it's it won the war. Because guess what? That style of racing, oval racing, it's very popular. It's very fun. It's more fun to watch. Okay? Um, was it safe? Hell no. Hell no. But then again, neither was NASCAR racing at Daytona and Talladega at that time. Is it a lot safer now? Yes, it is. Thankfully, we've come a long way, and things are a lot safer now. Um, we can have horrifying accidents and know that, for the most part, drivers are going to walk away okay. Um, now, that's obviously not always the case unfortunately, but that's the risk of racing. That, it happens. The risk of racing is what it is. You, everybody knows that something can happen, so it's an accepted risk. We're just glad that we've reduced that amount. Um, but no, in terms of that, I think the next gen has now proven itself as being a very, very solid uh, super speedway racing car. Uh, the car in general seems to excel on larger tracks, which is not a bad thing. I think it's a very good thing, especially when we're talking about NASCAR and this desire for speed out of these cars. I mean, I'm still someone who wants to see these gosh darn things reach 200 miles an hour again. You know, I would love to see that. I would love to see these things be able to reach 200 miles an hour again. I don't know if it's ever going to happen, but I'd love it. Uh, and the closest thing we get is about 195, and we get that at Daytona and Talladega where they're drafting. So... You know, it's, it, dude, this is, I upshift this. This is, this is fine. And, and the fact of the matter is, here's the other thing. All right. Yeah, you had one big old big one. And then you had another car blow over. How is that any different from races 30 years ago? Not. It's not. How is that any different than races 40 years ago? Well, the, for both, it's not, but they're safer. The cars are safer. Cars are safer. Right. Safer. That's the only difference. That's the only difference is that things are safer now. But the racing has always been like this, and it's always been popular. You don't think people you do you really, really genuinely believe that NASCAR was gonna boom the way it did when Richard Petty was winning at Daytona by five laps? No. No. But when you got it to a point where Davy and Bobby Allison could race each other and pass almost every other lap. I think that that caught on a little bit more, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it led to again that popularity boom because of that style of racing. So to sit here and say that, that style of racing is is bad or to even downshift this, quite honestly, doesn't make sense to me, because it just seems like you're lying to yourself. You're you're lying. Like you can't seriously sit here and tell me that racing wasn't spectacular. Genuinely, genuinely. But there's people out there on Twitter that like to say that. So I have to clear things up on my podcast that 
couple of people listen to. Anyway, uh, next question here. Struggle and continuous management restructuring of Legacy Motor Club has led LMC co-owner Maury Gallagher to close GMS Racing. Do you upshift or downshift this move by Gallagher, Josh? You know, it's very um, interesting. Uh, the closure GM GMS Racing. I don't know what to think of it. Part of me thinks that, you know, when you look at the Toyota scene in the truck series, um, you know, Tricon's got four full-time cars and a fifth car that's damn near running in maybe every race, actually. They might have five full-time trucks. Um, they've got uh, uh, Hallmar Friesen with Stuart, uh, Stuart Friesen racing full-time. Am I forgetting any other Toyota teams that are full-time in the truck series? Um, I probably am, and I apologize, but they're clearly not making a mark on my brain. Um, I was a little surprised that maybe Toyota, you know, didn't want to have them on board for maybe even a car or two, or spread the love with Tricon uh, in in such a way that would give them a little less stress. Um, but then also, part of me thinks that yeah, it seems like every other week we're seeing some sort of restructuring at Legacy Motor Club, and. I know more Gallagher is only a co-owner of that team with him. Remember everyone, how he's involved with this. He basically purchased Richard Petty Motorsports at the end of 2021 uh, and rebranded the team Petty GMS uh, Motorsports. Uh, and then Jimmy Johnson walks in late last year and they become a legacy motor club effective. I think it was December 1st of 2022. So, I, I think that, you know, I guess as a business owner, when you're looking at this, you're, you're like, okay, I, I got to downsize my commitment here. And I, and I I guess I don't know. Part of me wants to say yes to this, so I think I'm going to upshift that I think there was just too much going on in trying to get this team running right. Uh, and obviously Noah's, Noah's future with the team was even in question before his uh, mishap uh, on social media. I still don't think Eric Jones is long for the team. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think they're trying to get squared away under a new Toyota regime that's coming, going to be coming in uh, beginning next year. Let alone that we haven't even mentioned it here in the show, but 2311 is in the Ford rumor camp somehow. I don't how know that how happened. I don't know how that's happened, but that's that's a thing. And then you got mock-ups of people making the FedEx number 10 Ford Stewart Haas Mustang for Denny Hamlin. You know, it's just it's a little topsy-turvy right now, and I'm sure there's a lot more that we just don't know about. But it is, to me, a long-winded answer here is I upshift. I think there's a lot of turmoil that has bled over from Legacy Motor Club to GMS Racing that's just ultimately led to that team's unfortunate closure. It's sad to see because they're, they're, yeah, every team has their ups and downs. But they had two rookies there this year. Raja and Daniel are both rookies. And Raja's nearly won a couple races. Daniel Dye was Fox's camera guy in, 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 in the in-race in the crashes. He's always there. But, you know, uh, it, it obviously uh, was just too much for Maury to handle. Um, and, and it's unfortunate. So, um, yeah, I, I hope... Uh, 
I hope for everyone on that team the best. Rob, I don't know what your thoughts are. I'm disappointed and sad by it. I am very, you know, I hate to see a team close up shop, uh, but I understand. I understand what was going on. I think, I think Maury wanted to just focus all of those resources on the cup team. Um, I mean, he shut down the Xfinity team several years ago already, um, just because financially, I think at the time, his trucks... They were better in trucks. Yeah, they were just better. Um, but now he's got a cup team. He's got he's fully committed to the cup team. He's got pe- other people. He's got partners that are fully committed to it. And I think for him, he's just like, look, i got to put my money into this, and I can't keep running this as much as I'd want to. It's just not feasible based upon, you know, business ventures because everybody wants to move up. Everybody wants to move up. It's the same with owners. Owners want want to be able to move up in what they're doing. Otherwise, why be in it? You know, if you can't make money, if you can't make a living, if you can't sustain it, then what what are you going to do? You know what I mean? So as much as I'm disappointed by it, I can't say I, I, I didn't see it coming. I think I definitely saw it coming. So I'm kind of more of a neutral on this. I'm going to keep it in here in a neutral. I'm going to slide a little lever there into, mo- into neutral because, you know, I hate it, but I get it. It's one of those things, you know? And I, I feel like that a lot with a lot of things where I really hate the fact that certain things are true or this is the fact of the reality, but I have to look at it and say it is what it is. What am I going to do about it? You know, right. I, I don't right. have any... You know, it just makes me hope that, hey, maybe someone will purchase the assets and make another team. You know, maybe someone who sure. wanted to get into truck racing can pur- purchase the assets and and make it happen now. You know, that's that's all I could say. That's a positive that could possibly happen and come of it. So that's where my neutral comes from. Uh, all right. Penultimate question here. Do you upshift or downshift that changes are on the horizon for the Chase Elliott number nine Hendrick Motorsports? team josh i'm interested to hear your perspective on this especially given your past fandom of chase elliott i i I do think that there's going to be some changes on the horizon um i i i I don't think again it kind of goes back a couple things we've talked about the past couple weeks maybe this past month uh i do think that there will be some changes come 2024 uh as far as who's sitting on top of that that pit stand for sure, um, I just I just don't. It's it's been rough for everyone on that team. What I don't whether you're a fan or not, I, you have to see that you, if you pay attention and you read enough, um, you listen to the radio, you look at the you look at the calls. I think there's changes coming that. That because when you look at it, I think he should have won a race despite missing seven. He's raced nineteen races this year. I think he should have won a race. Um, the same thing could almost be said for the forty-eight. Are we going to see Allen with with Alex next year? Blake Harris with Chase? Uh, who knows? Um, we just know that the two crew with the twenty-four and the five aren't going to get touched. So. Um, yeah, Cliff and Rudy are where they're at, but uh, I do upshift. I do think I would be shocked if changes aren't do not take place. Yeah, I definitely think changes are on the horizon. Um, I don't know what 
I don't know what the future is there. Obviously, Chase seems frustrated. Everybody seems frustrated. Everybody's starting to lose faith in each other, and usually that's when the time is near for a shakeup. Do I think it would benefit everybody involved of the 48 and the 9 Switch teams? Yes. Yes, I definitely think that that would help everybody uh, overall. But would it bring performance? I don't know. I, I, I genuinely don't know. Um, it's, that's not to say, like, like, let's be honest. I mean, Chase Elliott should not be in the playoffs. He shouldn't. He didn't he earn shouldn't, it. No. He didn't earn it. And, and even if he won, yes, or even if he won Saturday night, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. He would have been out in round 12. Yeah. It's not like he would have been able to make a deep run anyway. He's not clicking on all cylinders. You know, when Kyle Busch missed all those races and came back and won a championship, yeah, you could sit there and call it a Mickey Mouse championship or whatever the kids say nowadays that's stupid. Um, or, Or you could just, you know, accept the fact that Kyle was still clicking despite the injury. Like, he went on a huge stretch of of winning races. He won the Brickyard, man. Like, you were not going to stop him at that point. Yeah. So at that, in that situation, you look at it and it was like, yeah, okay, Kyle deserved to be in the playoffs because he won a lot. You know, he won a lot. He worked his way up. He earned it. And he started, let's not forget, he started from zero. Because remember, he didn't even race the Daytona 500. So he started from zero. Yeah. Chase ran several races and still and he missed fewer and he he missed fewer yeah yeah so at that point it's like dude you just suck this year accept it okay Mm -hmm. just accept it accept it learn from your mistakes and move on and now i don't know what he's gonna do is he probably gonna go out there and go on a three race winning streak probably who knows hey remember last year round of 16 all three races were won by people outside the playoffs Eric Jones won the Southern 500. Um, and now you can't even remember who won the next two races. Well, I know Chris Buescher won Bristol. But who That's won, right, he did. Uh, who won the other race? Because I can't remember where it was at last year. Uh, oh, Bubba. Bubba won oh, right. uh, at yeah, Kansas. Yeah. He won at Because Kansas. He, he was driving the 45. It, the uh, 45 was in the owner's points, but it wasn't right. in, he, wasn't in the, he wasn't in the playoffs. The 45 the, went into the owner's yeah. It went pretty deep in the owner's play. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh, crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, what would Chase have done? He would have just, just, just focus on next year, dude. Focus or focus on the well, next year. Well, and races. actually, the nine is in the owner's championship yeah, this exactly. year. Okay. You're right. He is. He is in the yeah. owner's championship. So there is Bubba still. Bubba is not in the owner's championship. It's reversed for Bubba. Yeah. It's he, really weird. He, the 23 is not in the owner's playoffs, but the nine is. Yeah. Make it make sense, NASCAR. Anyway, uh, we'll move on here to the last question of the show. Uh, does Ryan Priest's flip concern you? Upshifting or downshifting that, Josh? Well, obviously, you know, you don't ever like to see a car get like that. I think it was one of those deals where it was just a kind of a perfect mess of everything went wrong right at the same time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see what his diagnosis is. Um why he was transported, my fear is that he has some probably some uh, vertebrae uh, s- fractures uh, or, uh, you know, some fractures in his back, um, you know, because those were some nasty hits. doesn't matter what car you're driving, that those are nasty hits. 
um, hitting the ground like he did. Um, and and my, my guess is that these types of things happened more in in the past, but they just didn't check it right. So there were guys racing out there with fractured backs who shouldn't have been, and and luckily they weren't involved in anything else that hurt them more seriously. Um, that's probably my guess. Again, that's all speculation. I don't know. Um, but to me, does the does the flip concern me? You're never going to get the cars to stay on the ground. I don't care what anyone says. If you want to stay on the ground, have the race at 50 miles per hour. If you don't want them to flip, spread them out and 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 or or slow them down to a ridiculously slow level. Obviously, I will say this. I don't know how to shift with this answer. You want to learn from it. What went wrong? Okay, what were the, what were the factors that went into this? And that's all engineering stuff, Ryan Newman. Um, yeah, but Ryan Newman still thinks that you can prevent cars from going upside down. Yes, I, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. He I also he thinks does. the moon landing isn't real. But yeah. that's for a different subject. That's disappointing coming from a Purdue grad. Um, that's what I'm saying. And yeah. you wonder why Purdue never promotes him. Yeah. Um, but, um, <sighs> Rob, I'm going to go neutral on this one. I'm going to go neutral because it's a little column A, little column B, and, you know, a, a negative and a positive equals zero. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go neutral. It, it's, it's concerning, but it's also not, you're not going to get the car to stop flipping. Just everything that went, that could have gone wrong went right. So, it's Apollo 13 when these things happen, folks. You just, you just, you just kind of got to deal with it. Speaking of moon landing, um, and not moon landing, um, you just you, you learn from it. That's the best thing. What can we do? Is there anything that we could have done differently? Is there anything that went wrong with this car? So for that reason, I got to go neutral because I did. I'm not an engineer, and I'm not going to ever understand what what the forces are that make these, you know, to a T anyways, that make these cars go upside down like that. Just just glad that Ryan was able to climb out without getting extricated out. We know he was able to walk out of there, and, that, and that's the important part. Josh, i got to be honest with you. The entire time you've been talking, I've been watching the clip of the flip uh, because, honestly, still to this moment, well, at the time, I thought it was horrifying, and it reminded me of... A crash at the 90s. Yes, it was it a 90s. It made me very glad. Trouble. Right, right. It made me very glad that Priest was able to walk out under his own power. Now, how injured is he actually? I don't know. But at least in the initial moment, he was he was fine. Um, which is more than you can say about a lot of drivers who've had similar accidents. You know, I think Daryl Waltrip right. was hurt when he had a similar one. Rusty Wallace was hurt. Oh, At least Davey Allison. Allison, he was. Davey Allison, Davey Allison hurt pretty bad. Pocono. Yeah, Davey wow. Allison was hurt pretty bad. Um, but hey, you think about that, and you think, hey, well, Elliot Sadler in 2003 wasn't hurt. I mean, 20 yeah. years ago, he wasn't hurt at Talladega. Um, twice. And that was twice. 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 03 and 04, back-to-back yeah. years, I remember. Um, but 03 was a lot worse than 04. 03. 04 was, was literally about as gentle as you could have gotten. Uh, the 03 was... Violent. That Insane. one was very violent. That mm-hmm. was the worst. That to me on Saturday, that was the worst flip since that. I think since so. That, that since that flip, I haven't seen a car get that high since. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, with Sadler's car getting high, that was a little bit different because he got so high in the air before 
he hit the ground. Greece mm-hmm. got high because of the grass. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and that's where that that takes me to my to my other point because when you think about, I think in general, backstretches at Daytona and Talladega should just be paved. And you know why they're not? It's still grass there. Of course, I do know okay. because of the the, the 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 road course. Right. But at at this at some point, Daytona has to take a serious look at that and say. Do we need all this grass, or could we just get away with this patch? You I think what, what I mean? they here's what I think they should do. They should astroturf the interior part of that inner loop, right? Mm-hmm. And then they should astroturf like the same stuff they did. They have at Charlotte, and yeah. then do like five feet around that to kind of. All right, here's the here's the inner loop, right? If you're off it, you know, you're in the quote-unquote the grass. You're off the pavement. Um, but everything else should be paved 100%. My whole thing is clear because here's the thing. The, the crash was only as violent as it was because of the grass. And I think it's it's been proven multiple times that – and if you think about it on a physics level, from a physics level, when you when you introduce that, um, that coefficient of – well, yeah, the coefficient of drag, basically, you add that extra, um, you know what I mean? Uh, you, yeah. you, you add that extra kind of, of, of energy to, mm-hmm. to it, and it launches the car instead of scrubs the speed off. You know, if the mm-hmm. car is flipping on the pavement, you know, it's not good, right, but it's scrubbing the speed off quicker than it does when it's grass because with grass it's just it, it's going to stop quicker right mm-hmm. the grass is going to create more friction the coefficient of static friction that's what i was thinking about uh it's going to create more friction and it's that friction is going to turn into energy that energy's got to go somewhere right so now the car has more energy than it originally did when it took off and that's what it flips over now i'm not a physicist and and all honesty, I got a C plus in physics when I was in high school, so everything I just said could have been wrong. But <laughs> from my perspective, that's what makes sense to me. That's how yeah. I can explain it. So it's yeah. like it's just gonna happen, and the grass is the cause of it. Yeah. You know, if if now am I saying Priest wouldn't have barrel rolled with without grass? Of course not. He still would have, but I don't think he would have gone as high, nor would it have been as violent. It would have been more akin to what we saw Joey Logano do you know, a couple of years ago at Talladega. You know what uh, I yeah, mean? It, it, it would have been, uh, you know, a low f- flip, and it's slowly going to dissipate as he hits the ground repeatedly. Yep, yep. Yeah. exactly. Or it's going to just scrub off speed on the top of the car instead of go tumbling. Yeah. that That's also, in a lot of cases, ideal, especially now when you know that the roll cage is more likely than not, Ryan Newman, going to hold up. Yeah. Um, so that's... That's my well, take that, on that. That's even it's, that's the Ryan Newman thing is very special because yeah, exactly. of the way it, it's, it's that's a you're you're right. That's a special thing. But yeah. in case anybody was going to say, "Well, the, the the roll cage doesn't always hold up," well, I had to just throw that in there. Um, all right, let's move on. That was the final upshift downshift question. Let's talk about the playoff predictions because we did uh, have cut off for the playoffs in the NASCAR Cup Series, so we'll make our little predictions now. Um, so we'll go through first. Uh, who we think is going to get eliminated each round. And then when we get to the round of four, we'll say who we think is going to make it to that final four, and then who's going to be the championship. Who's going to be the champion. So let's go over first all of the drivers in the playoffs. 
William Byron comes in uh, leading. Uh, him and Martin Truex Jr. both have uh, 29 playoff points in their bank. Um, Denny Hamlin it has 18. Then Chris Buescher has 14. Kyle Busch has 12. Kyle Larson has 10. Christopher Bell has 7. Ross Chastain has 4. Brad Keselowski has 3. Tyler Reddick has 2. Joey Logano has 1. Ryan Blaney has 1. Michael McDowell is 1 point behind the cutoff. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is 3 behind. Harvick is 4 behind. And Bubba Wallace is 8 behind. So with that being said, who are you the first 4 out of your playoff bracket, Josh? Round 16 is Darlington, Kansas, Bristol. I'm... I... Michael McDowell, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Bubba Wallace, and surprisingly, Ryan Blaney. Um, I think those are the first four out. Michael McDowell's had a great year. Best forward team. Uh, playoffs, I'm not sure about. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., the performances there. Bubba, really, the performances there. And Ryan Blaney has not had a good summer. He's not on, he's not on the momentum. He's out. Uh, my first four out, obviously, Stenhouse. Stenhouse is just not doesn't really need to be there. He's not going to be a factor. And if he is, I'll be genuinely surprised. But I, I see him doing exactly what Austin Dillon did last year, which was get in because of a fluke win and then literally just get bounced out because he never meant to be there in the first place. Um, and uh, in all honesty, Truex should have been in instead of Dillon, but whatever. Uh, Truex is in now, so it's okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Stenhouse, he's going to get bounced. And then the, the next three are kind of hard for me to say, but it's just what I think is going to happen. Uh, as much as I love Brad Keselowski, as much as I think that he's been on a tear recently, um, I don't think that he's going to advance without a win. Um, Michael McDowell, again, this is the thing. I think if there was a road course in that first round of the playoffs, that'd be fine. But Darlington, Kansas, and Bristol are not exactly his strongest tracks, unfortunately. Um, I think, I, I, and, and I just think it's going to be tough for him to to do, to, uh, to do, even though he's only one point back. I just, you know, if he finishes, yeah. you know, 15th at Darlington, I mean, that's not going to help. And that's Ooh. where I think he's probably going to finish. I mean, yeah. could he get, could he finish 12th? Yes. But I think a top 10 at Darlington for Michael McDowell in front row motorsports is just going to be hard to come by. Now, I say that knowing what he did in Indianapolis, but that was on a road course. This is Darlington. Hey, hey, what his first two wins are. Crown Jewel wins. Which one's going to come next? The Southern 500 or the Coca-Cola 600? You're kind of right, okay? You're kind of right. <laughs> I get it. But, um, yeah. Uh, Todd Dillon's anyway. going to win the Southern 500. Yeah. Go, Todd. Anyway. Um, then my last guy out, unfortunately, just because uh, he has not been relevant since he won a Coda, Tyler Reddick. Like, has he been relevant since he won a Coda? No. He's not been really relevant since May. So, no, you know. exactly. The whole 23-11 team, 45 team, has just kind of collapsed throughout the summer. And yeah. uh, Bubba's honestly been doing better than him. So that's why I don't have Bubba going out in the first round. But uh, in the round of 12, that's a different story. Josh, who's your round of 12 eliminations? Uh, Texas, Talladega, Roval. I'm going to go the, the RFK boys are going to go out this round. Uh, yeah, Chris has got three wins in the last five races. Absolutely astounding. Great job for that team. I'm so glad Brad's turned that organization around. But I got Chris and Brad both going out here. Uh, Ross Chastain's kind of cooled. Um, this one was exceptionally tough. I think the middle, the first round for me, round 16 was really easy to pick. But round 12 and 8 were really difficult. 
But Ross Chastain and Tyler Reddick are the other two that are going to join Chris and Brad out of there. Again, similar reasons. Tyler Reddick, I think he's he's just he's going to run a little bit better than those other guys, and he's going to kind of squeak through. We're talking like a one or two point deal. Uh, Ross probably going to you know go in relatively easy. Brad and Chris too, but they're going to exit this round, and it's going to be a, this is going to be a very interesting round to watch because I think it might be the closest battle of the playoffs between the it'd be in the round of 12 to get to the round of eight. All right. I mean, I can, I could see that, but, uh, I didn't actually pick any of those people that you picked my picks, uh, for getting bounced in the round of 12 is, uh, Ryan Blaney. I do think he's going to advance out of the round 16, but I don't think he's going to get farther than that. Um, then Bubba Wallace for the same reason. Uh, both of those guys have been good, but not great. Um, better than McDowell and Stenhouse, but you know, Still not super great, uh, and then as much as I hate to say it, I, I just I don't I don't see Kevin Harvick going very deep this year, and unfortunately I think Kevin Harvick's going to get bounced in the round at twelve. Um, I don't like saying that. I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I just see happening. And then finally, this might be very 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 controversial given, um, you know, the season he had last year, making it to the final four last year, but uh, I I I don't I don't think Christopher Bell is going to do it this year. I think in general, Gibbs has been kind of on a downslide. Um, and even though Seabell has looked good for the most part, um, he's made a lot of mistakes and they've had some bad luck. And I just don't know that uh, it's, I don't, I don't think that it's going to be, it's going to be a cakewalk for them this year. I think they're going to, they're going to struggle a little bit. So uh, for the round of eight, Josh, that's Las Vegas, Homestead and Martinsville. Who are your th- uh, four getting bounced? I'm bouncing Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, and Kevin Harvick. I think Kevin, Rodney Childers, uh, they're going to give it their best effort. This is they're going to see the best effort here, and he's going to get to the round of eight. Uh, Joey Logano, um, he's going to get bounced round of eight here. Team Penske's good enough. He's good enough. I've seen what I've I've seen better out of him than Ryan. So I think from the Team Penske side, uh, so I think he's going to go. To the round of eight, Christopher Bell going to dig deep. JGR, they've got three teams in the playoffs, not four. Going to probably see a little bit of effort concentrated on those cars more so than the fifty-four. And Kyle Busch, uh, he's just got a lot of playoff points, I think, right now, and he's running okay enough. Um, you know, he's definitely cooled in the summertime where he got three wins early on in the year. Um, you know, he was looking like he can win the championship this year, and I don't think he's going to do it this year. So. Kyle Busch, out round of eight. Honestly, I agree with you on Kyle Busch for the same exact reasons. Um, also, just because I don't think RCR is championship material yet. Um, unfortunately, that's just the fact. I know that that Kyle can get wins. Hell, Austin Dillon can get wins if the, the C's part for him. But you know, outside of that, but outside of that, I just—it's not like they're going to contend for a championship. Unfortunately, so yeah, Kyle Busch is uh, going out in my round of eight as well. Um, and then Chris Buescher, as much as I love him, as much as I think that he's had a great season this year, I think that the round of eight is where things come to an end for him. Um, and then, uh, also, uh, since he can't do the hail melon anymore, I think Ross Chastain is also going to get bounced. Uh, as much as I think he's going to get, get pretty deep, I think he's good, but, uh, I don't think he's going to make it to the final four, uh, especially without a signature move. Um, and then, uh, I think just like last year, Denny Hamlin's going to get bounced at the last minute. He just hasn't been, uh... He just has not been, you know, I, I don't think he's championship caliber this year. I think all, all and on general, JGR is not cal- championship caliber this season. Um, 
and so I I just have a hard time seeing seeing Denny make it to the to the championship four. So with that, who is your championship four, and who is your champion, Josh? Uh, my championship four: uh, William Byron, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and Kyle Larson. I think it's going to be a Hendrick Gibbs show. Um, William Byron is uh, has been better in August. Um, it's a very tricky month uh, because you have two road courses and a super speedway in there, so it's kind of hard to gauge where you're at. Truex obviously been hot all year long. Him and Byron and Truex have been the best uh, guys, I think, all year long. Um, and then Denny, I, I believe in Denny, evidently more than you. And and Kyle Larson, yeah, it's been like where the heck you been? But again, Cliff Daniels and him are going to bring, much like Kevin Harvick, are going to bring their best stuff uh, to the show at Phoenix. It, you know what? I think the 24 gets to victory lane here. Uh or at least wins the championship, whether they win or not. I don't know. I think they're the top guy at the end of the day. I think that uh, last time in 24, uh, won a championship was Jeff Gordon, and they won Watkins Glen that year. I think that's going to pay dividends once again uh, with uh, William Byron winning this year, Watkins Glen and going to the championship uh, and winning it. So, yeah, that's my pick, William Byron, to win it all. I'm already going to walk back on what I just said because I literally I just said say. I'm like, Rob, what did uh, you just say? I'm going to walk back on what I said, mainly because the JGR cars that are not championship contenders are, are the 11 and the 54. And that's that's a fact. 54 is not 20. even in the playoffs. Huh? What about the 20? And the 20, yeah. 11, 20, 54, those guys, not great. Not great this year. Not Have not shown the level of dominance that their teammate Truex has. So my championship four is going to go Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., William Byron, Joey Logano. Yeah, I think Joey Logano is going to get in the championship four last year, again this year, but I don't think he's going to win the title. Um, I just always have to pick Joey Logano because he's always going to be there, even when you don't want him to be. He's always going to be there. Uh, but I do think Truex is going to win the, champ- the, the title. I do. I really do. Um, he's had, as the regular season title champion, Mm-hmm. Um, he has had again a stellar season. Yes, and I think it, he's got a couple of, you know, races coming up that he's either won at or had success at. Mm-hmm. And uh, I definitely think that more's coming. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to say Truex is gonna get that title, get that second title. Um, especially after all the uh wondering about his future and if he was going to retire i think he's he's going to go get that dub and then he's going to retire that's what i'm going to say that's my that's my totally irrelevant prophecy that's going to be proven wrong in a couple of a couple of months <laughs> all right that's uh, our playoff picks let us know your playoff picks in uh on the show uh in the uh on our twitter tweet at us let us know let's uh wrap up everything uh with the weekend wrap up uh max verstappen won the dutch grand prix which, to nobody's surprise, who didn't see that coming? No one. Saw uh, IndyCar at Gateway. To be honest, you knew this was a possibility. Also, Scott Dixon does Scott Dixon things, scores his fifty-fifth career IndyCar victory at Gateway by literally going one stop less than the rest of the field. I can't believe he did that. Yeah, I genuinely cannot believe everyone else had to make four pit stops and Dixon only made three. Scott Dixon is ridiculous. 
Now, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is the thing that makes me laugh so much about this. Is that Alex Pillow would hands down probably have clinched the title by now had if it if it wasn't for Dixon going on this sudden stretch of races. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just won back to back races, and he's cut the t- points lead now to seventy four points. It, 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 it's did you see this coming? No, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see it coming. No, I had no idea this was going to happen. I had no idea that Dixon was just going to suddenly find that golden horseshoe again. And be do Scott Dixon things and make fuel and do magic things, and it would not be surprising. You know, I'll be honest with you. I will laugh so hard if uh, something happens to Pillow, which I don't think it will happen. Um, but I would laugh. I would genuinely laugh if we went to Laguna Seca and Dixon was still mathematically eligible at that title. Like I would, I, mean, I would yeah. not be surprised. It's going to, I mean, Pillow has to come ready to play at Portland. Yeah, he, he, ha- he can't make a single mistake. He can't make a single mistake at all. Otherwise, it will be opportunity to come a-calling for Dixon in the nine team. Um, I mean, those guys, wow. Don't ever count Dixon out. Don't ever. How many years, oh, like the last 15 seasons, has Dixon been mathematically eligible to win the championship in the last race. Think about a lot, that. A lot. He doesn't need a championship for it. He does it himself. Yeah, no kidding, right? Oh. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk about the guys at Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Mile. Uh, Willing, William Sawalich won the ARCA race. Uh, be, uh, Jesse Love tried to wreck him and uh, failed to do that, Yeah, which is still funny. Yeah. Um, and it's very funny. To me, also, how like everybody just knows that this is how Jesse Love's gonna race, so you just come prepared. And I love, <laughs> I love how Sawalich just kind of knew exactly what was going to happen and was like, "You're gonna move me anyway, so I'll just move you. I'll just move you first, you know." Yeah. And yeah. Uh, then he moved him, um, and then and then this is the other thing that I will say. I'll say about this, Sawalich. You could you could give Sawalich crap all you want and say, "Oh, well, he didn't pass him cleanly." Right. Technically, no. But Love would have just put him in the wall. You know? Love wouldn't have given him a bump and run. Love wouldn't have given him a love tap, something like that. Love would have, as you saw, as we saw in the last lap, he was straight trying to send him to the fence. Yeah. So, in all honesty, Sawalich was probably more polite and respectful to Love than he should have been. Yeah. 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 100%. I mean, he, he could have just dumped him into the wall and said, hey, man, this is karma. But instead, he was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rub you. I'm not going to move you. I'm not going to wreck you. I'm going to rub you. Because mm. rubbing son is racing. Uh, yep. That's what he did. And that's what he did. And uh, I got to give him credit for that. So well, I know a lot of people were criticizing Sawalich for that. But again, think about who he's racing. Think about who he's racing. You know, you, you think, you, you honestly think Jeremy Mayfield did what he did to Dale Earnhardt because it was, it you know, why why else would he have done that? Because he knew that Earnhardt would have done the same thing to him. And Mayfield Earnhardt knew knows that. Then. And, and yeah. Earnhardt knew that, and he was he mad because of it. <laughs> exactly. Earnhardt knew exactly what, that Mayfield knew what he was going to do. Yeah. And Mayfield just beat him to the punch. Beat him at his own game. And that's what Swatch did. Yeah. Now, to be honest... Jesse Love is not on the, the level of Dale Earnhardt. 
But well, yeah, we're not. We're not. Yeah, we're not I'm not comparing. That. I'm not kind of saying that, but you know, the the situations are are somewhat similar. Uh, anyway, and then uh, hey, the truck series made its triumphant return to the Milwaukee Mile. Um, and Grant Enfinger got that dub. He's moving on into the playoffs again. Yeah. Again. Round again. one win. And what did I do already, Josh? Didn't I have him going out in the first round again? Yerp. I think he did. Uh, all the, everything that I just said was going to happen is probably not going to happen. Could yeah, you're probably take that right. that to the bank. You could take that to the. <laughs> well, watch, watch Brad Keselowski go out there and win in uh, Darlington. He's hundred percent. He's gonna win. He's gonna win Kansas. He's gonna win. He's gonna win Bristol. He's gonna win one of those. No, no, no. He's gonna pull a twenty eighteen when he won all three races in the first round. Okay. After going winless the first twenty six races of the year, he goes and wins the first three races of the of the first round of the playoffs. I can see it happening. I yeah. can see it happening. Um. Yeah. I mean, hey, Michael McDowell, remember when I was trashing Michael McDowell a couple of years ago, and now he, he's like, hey, hey, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, 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 he listened to this and goes, that Rob Peters guy, he's an idiot. I'm going to prove this guy wrong. Question. That's why I didn't take my question in the press conference. I'm kidding, I didn't actually ask him one. But. <laughs> oh, boy. The Xfinity Series at Daytona was a uh, photo finish between Justin Elgar and Sheldon Creed. Great racing. Poor Shelly, he's gonna get there sometime. I Shelly, I, did, come on. I I wanted to say Parker Kligerman. I'm very high on Parker Kligerman. If you all didn't know that, I did. Um, I, believe, <laughs> I believe in Parker Kligerman's ability. I just love how he got out of the car. Like, yeah, Justin Allgaier had that race won because no one was gonna help me because Daniel didn't want to push because I had I because he he doesn't have a win. Sheldon Creed wasn't gonna push me because he doesn't have a win. And Cole Custer walked up and told me, hey, man, sorry, I didn't want to push you because, you know, of Riley. And he goes, I get it. That's fine. He took that thing with stride. But he had a good day. I just love that. And we got a great finish nonetheless, even though you did not have anyone up in the front wanting to push anybody. It was a, it was a photo finish. It was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, it was a fantastic uh, race. Well, and then the cup race, too. Chris Buescher getting the third dub of the season. This is this is wild stuff because it's like i feel it's very funny to me how everybody has always known that chris busher was capable of doing this yeah and now that's why brad has retained him i know well that's why that's why roush never technically let him go right he was always technically under contract with roush they just leased his contract they technically leased him out to right. jtg Yep. So that he could have a ride in Cup, and then when they got fed up with Stenhouse, they were just like, "All right, we're sw we're we're invoking our our clause that says we can we can switch this." And look how great it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it worked out good. It's worked out probably better than it could have worked out any other way. So, mm -hmm. um, right on. Uh, outstanding performance, Josh. Who you got? You know what, uh, Ty Majeski, You know he had he had to come from the back twice in that race on uh, on uh, Sunday, uh, truck racing on Sunday. Fantastic. Um, you know had to do a pass through penalty at the start of the race, and then had issues in the pits, and had to drive back up again, and still got a top ten out of it at his home track. So good for good for Ty. I thought that was a pretty impressive run when you know he certainly could have been put down. And upset 
and kind of laid back because he has a win at IRP. He's moving on to the next round. He didn't have to get. He didn't have to fight that hard, you know. But he still fought hard. So good, good uh, for Tomaszewski and that uh, you know number ninety eight Thor Sport team. Uh, my outstanding performance is going to go to David Malukas. I think uh, he definitely earned that outstanding performance, hands yeah. down. Third place on the lead lap, one of three cars on the lead lap, in fact. Uh, fought tooth and nail to get it. Um, and in all honesty, I think the IndyCar race, I, I alluded to it in the preview, but that, we did see the use of alternate tires for the first time on an oval. Yeah. Uh, and the thing that was very interesting that a lot of guys talked about in the press conference that I at least noticed was uh, how either they didn't like how little the degradation was. They said they it needed at least twice the, the deg for, for next year. Um, and then they further said that it created a ridiculous amount of marbles in the outside lanes, which is what you saw catch a cat out, basically caused the demise of both Sato and Newgarden. Yep. Um, and, and it was uh, very interesting to me in that regard. Also, something I wanted to say about Sato, Marshall Pruitt tweeted it, and I don't think it got you know passed around or whatnot but he is uh reporting basically that takuma sato will be back next year not necessarily with ganassi but apparently he is a very highly desired driver for the indy 500 yeah so people very much want taku on their team which is good believe me i am always going to be happy when someone who i watched race growing up is still racing. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've talked about Harvick. Now Kurt Busch is going, is leaving. Elio's not going to be full-time, but he's still going to run the 500. As long as Elio and Sato, those guys, they're still running the races. They're still at le least running the 500. Okay, I'm fine. You know, I am... I'm not old yet. I am not old yet, Josh. I'll be officially old when all the drivers that I loved growing up have retired. But it's not happening yet. It's not happening yet. We still got Elio. We still got Sato. Nobody, nobody let anything happen to Scott Dixon, please. <laughs> uh, that will be an end of an era. He is still on the top of his game. He is yes. still on top of his game. Yeah. And also, the last thing I want to say, I didn't say it about the F1 race, but I wanted to say this. Uh, before I turn things over to you for the featured season, this is the last thing I want to say about this. But uh, the F1 race on Sunday was further proof to my belief that it should be mandatory to run all three tire compounds because wasn't it much more of an enjoyable race when you had a bunch of different strategies going on even though you still knew Verstappen was going to win? Yeah, 100%. I mean, was uh, that, was, that was the most wild opening laps I think I've ever seen in a Grand Prix before. Um, but yes, I, I think I, I, I am... If we can't, I, definitely, we need to have at least two pit stops mandatory, um, and uh, or we need to have uh, running all three tire compounds in a single race. One hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent agree. If you with run that. all three tire compounds in a race, then you get mandatory two pit stops, right? Because you start on one tire, you have to make a, a, a tire change to take it off that tire, and then right. you have to take make another one to get on the third tire. So then it becomes what race do you what tire do you start on, and then what tire do you do the middle stint on? And what tire do you do the final stint on? If you're going to sit here and tell me that that doesn't create for some interesting strategies that would make the racing a lot more interesting to follow, especially when it's probably going to be a processional most of the time, then I don't know what to tell you. I genuinely right. don't know what to tell you. Because right. I'm not against certain races being processional so long as there's interesting strategy going on. 
if there's no interesting yeah. strategy and everybody is going, you know, one stop on a, on a soft set of tires, who cares? Why am I watching this? This is boring. But if you have one guy who decides he's going to start on soft tires and then make up a bunch of positions in the beginning and then stop on, say, lap 15, put on some hards, and then probably lose a bunch of time, but hey, we'll have gained more track position in the process... You're going to sit here and tell me that that wouldn't be interesting when they switch on to the medium tires for their final stint? On the watch. Exactly. Exactly. And, and we see that every time we have a rain and an F1 race, because then everybody has to come down uh, for pits, for, pit, for, for tires, and then you go back and forth between the wets or the, or the inters, depending on track conditions. And like we saw on Sunday, sometime the track dries. So everybody puts on the wets, and then it's all about, okay, when do we get off these wets and go into the inters, and how much time do we gain from it? Now we've got a race. Now we've got a motor race going on. You know? That's what I'm saying. They've got to get to some way to make that part of Formula, the Formula One race weekend. And then I think we'll finally see things be a little bit more. Because, let's be honest, pit stops make races interesting. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. Strategies yeah. make races interesting. It's more fun to follow the strategy when you can. I, I, I just that's why I was so engaged with that race on Sunday. I was super engaged. I was the most engaged I've been to an F one race all season. Just gotta get it done. Gotta find a way to get more strategies, get more pit stops, and into the races. Josh, I'm gonna turn things over to you for Rollers featured season. Uh, so you could go ahead and take us home for the show. Yeah, um, so, uh, I don't know, I've been feeling kind of uh, nostalgic lately. I've been watching a lot of NASCAR Classic races, um, and I'm picking the 2002 NASCAR Winston Cup Series to feature this this uh, time around. Uh, it started on February 17th at Daytona and ended on November 17th at Homestead. This is the first season that Homestead was the season finale track where it remained through what was it 2019 right yeah uh so uh finishing 10th that year was ricky rudd and he had one win at sonoma which was his final career nascar cup series win oh, wow. uh, in a uh black and yellow Haviland car which we went through a couple we went through an interesting transition there in 02 and 03 with the Haviland texco Haviland cars between ricky rudd and jamie mcmurray uh, Rudd's teammate, Dale Jarrett, finished ninth, picking up two wins at the first Pocono race and the second Michigan race. Matt Kenseth finished eighth with a season-high five race victories, winning at Rockingham, the first Rockingham race, Texas, the first Michigan race, which I was at, uh, the second Richmond race, and Phoenix. But he had 11 races of 30th or worse finishing, and in an all-season championship, you can't do that. So that's why... Season high five wins, finished eighth in the standings. Yeah, but Rusty next Wall year he had one win and won the title because exactly. he did the opposite. He did the exact freaking opposite. You're exactly right. Uh, Rusty Wallace finished seventh uh, in the final standings. He didn't pick up a single win, though. His first winless season since 1985. Um, however, he did score 17 top tens that year. Uh, in six was Ryan Newman. He was also the 2002 Rookie of the Year and scored a single win, his first career win, uh, at the second New Hampshire race. Now, finishing fifth was another rookie, Jimmy Johnson. We go like, hold on, hold on, Josh. Why, why, did, why did Johnson not win the Rookie of the Year if he was 
higher than Ryan Newman because they had a different points system for the rookies. It was stupid. But Johnson finished fifth. He picked up three wins. First career win at California. And then he swept both Dover races. Uh, 2001 Cup champion Jeff Gordon finished fourth in the finals uh, 02 standings, picking up three wins at Bristol 2, uh, the Southern 500, and Kansas. Kurt Busch finished uh, 2002 in third in the standings. Uh, dramatic pickup from the year before, right? Uh, picking up four wins, including his first career win at the first Bristol race, followed up by Martinsville, uh, second at Martinsville uh, race win, second at Atlanta win, and he won the season finale at, at Homestead. Finishing the final standings in second was Mark Martin. After going winless in 2001, he picked up one win in the Coca-Cola 600. Uh, and then 2002 NASCAR Winston Cup Series champion was Tony Stewart, his first of three cup championships. Uh, the final cup championship for Pontiac, uh, he won three times at the first Atlanta race, the first Richmond race, and at Watkins Glen. Other 2002 winners uh, were Ward, Bur- Ward Burton. He won the Daytona 500 in the first New Hampshire uh, race. Um, his only two times he... Um, only time he went multiple wins in his in a season in his corrupt career. Uh, Sterling Marlin won at Las Vegas in, Darlington, in, in the first Darlington race and was on track to maybe win a championship until he broke his neck at Kansas. Uh, Bobby Labonte won at the first Martinsville race. Dale Earnhardt Jr. won both Talladegas. Michael Waltrip won the Pepsi 400 at Daytona. Uh, Kevin Harvick won Chicagoland. Bill Elliott won uh, the second Pocono race and the Breakyard 400 back-to-back weeks there. Uh, and Jamie McMurray, subbing for Sterling Marlin, uh, won the 500-mile uh, race at Charlotte in the fall. And then Johnny B- Benson. Uh, won at the second Rockingham race. Both McMurray and Benson, those were their first career wins of note there. Uh, we all remember the NASCAR Thunderplate Challenge, right, uh, with Johnny Benson at Rockingham. That was the toughest challenge it to was, do. man. That was tough, but we loved it. So uh, that was, uh, in, a, in a snippet, the 0-2 NASCAR Western Cup Series season. Rob, what's in the windshield? Oh, yeah, let's go on to what's in the windshield. Formula One heads to its, uh, is this right? That's really the final European round of 2023? Yep. Good gravy. The Italian Grand Prix at Monza. IndyCar is heading over to Portland uh, for the penultimate race of 2023, which is now the Bitnile.com Portland Grand Prix. That makes Bitnile. sense. Bitnile. That tracks. Bitnile. Uh, no, if it tracked, it would be the Autonomous Zone Grand Prix. Explain that to me later. Maybe that's, was that Seattle or Portland that had an Autonomous Zone during COVID? Uh, I think it was both. Probably both. Probably both. Anyway, um, then, uh, we're going to Laguna Seca two weeks later for the final time that we're ending the season at Laguna Seca, because let's be honest, that's a terrible place to end the season. Um, and then the Arc Menard series. Hey, they're going back to on dirt, proper, proper dirt track, by the way. A, a mile dirt oval, which unfortunately there are, what, now only two, three left? Two. Just, just two, just DuCoin and, and Illinois, um, and, uh... Springfield. And Springfield, man. Yep. They're both in Illinois. Yeah. Boy. 
anyway, ARCA is going to do coin on September 3rd. And then the ARCA East wraps up its 2023 campaign at Bristol in a combination race on September 14th. The ARCA West Series next races on September 30th at All-American Speedway. Uh, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series will take a week off before returning to Kansas Speedway on September 8th. And then the NASCAR Xfinity and Cup Race at Darlington is this weekend on Labor Day weekend, everybody. Looking forward to that. Always love Darlington on Labor Day weekend. I think that's how it should always be. Um, I'll always look forward to the Southern 500. Um, it will always be one of my favorite races to watch and enjoy. Um, and uh, in general, I always love the... This is going to sound really weird, but I, I love this time of year where we're getting into that September-fall era where there's just sports on TV all day, all week, all weekend. You know, you go, you go, you go to a, a bar on a Saturday, and there's there's a NASCAR race, there's college football games going on, there's there's meaningful baseball games being played. Um, it's it's truthfully wonderful. It's a wonderful time of the year, and 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 the air is getting cooler. You know, it's not as hot outside. It's just it's a wonderful time of the year, and there's some great races: Bristol, Darlington. Um, think about all of those that are coming up at Kansas. I mean, for all intents and purposes with the next gen car, Kansas has become a banger. So very much looking forward to the next couple of weeks, uh, in the racing world. But that is our show for today. Um, remember to follow us on social media. If you have not done so yet at R P E E T E R S three, three, that's me on threads and on Facebook, or, excuse me, and on Twitter, or X, or whatever the hell it's called today. I'm still going to call it Twitter, because Elon Musk sucks. Anyway, um, Josh, you're laughing at me, because uh, I've said some very, very controversial things on this show. This um, might, we might just title this episode, Rob Gets Cancelled. <laughs> I've cancelled myself a couple of times yeah. today, uh, yeah. and that's, that's what's going to happen. That is, that is life as a podcaster. Everybody knows what you say. But anyway, since I don't care, uh, I'm going to go ahead and still say that. Uh, you should still follow the show at Robin Roller, R-O-B-A-N-D-R-O-L-L-E-R. -L -L -E again, on X, Twitter, whatever, and threads. Uh, also on Instagram. Um, and then follow Josh. Please follow Josh. He's much cooler, even though he doesn't use X as much as I do. Um, he's still much cooler. Uh, he's at Roller underscore zero one. That's R-O-L-L-E-R -L -L -E underscore Zero one. So remember, if you haven't already, subscribe. We're on all the different podcast podcast platforms. You can literally listen to us anywhere. You can ask your Google, your Alexa, your whatever to play Robin Roller, and believe me, they'll do it. Um, so for Josh Roller, my name is Rob Peters, and this has been the Racing with Rob and Roller podcast. Please have a great week, everybody.